0: Once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the
1: next level. And we are live on the Castle Indigo livestream series. My name is Alex Centurami, and I am one-third of the Dark Fantasy Metal World Tag Team Champions and the lead vocalist of Blood of Indigo. And today, we're going to be welcoming Holly Francis Royal... To the live stream, and we're gonna be having some fun. But before I let Holly into the live stream, I just wanna say thank you to each and every single one of you who have been signing up for three days of Dark Fantasy Metal. It's been awesome hearing the feedback from some of you guys who were telling us all about the songs that we've been offering you. This is three days of three songs that are going to be on the debut Blood of Indigo album. So if you want to check that out, the link is in my bio. But since you're here, you might as well stick around and watch the live stream because it's going to be really exciting. So I'm going to let in Holly right now. We got Curtis here. He's welcoming Holly with the Holly Royal Fan Club. We've got James from Lycanthro. He's coming to hang out. And Holly is here. We're just going to let her in. So, Holly just requests to join, and I will let you into the live stream so then we can have our chat. Okay. I think Holly's coming in. Hello. Hey. Huh? How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's so great to have a conversation with you finally face to face because I feel like we've had many online interactions. So Yes. <laughs> Today is the special day where the ball drops and then everything explodes and we have yeah. we have a wonderful celebration. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. It's strange. It's like the nights are starting to draw in now. So if I suddenly fade into the darkness, it's because the sun's setting. Just to warn you
1: <laughs> it's like the complete opposite here in canada because it's like three o'clock which is when all of like the action is kind of happening at least traffic wise because everybody's like driving from school to wherever they gotta go and it's like broad daylight out here so it's <laughs> like we're like in two different worlds because the world that you're in right now is like me winding down and chilling and watching berserk or something on netflix um, and then <laughs> I'm like, mm, I, I, at this point, I would be like doing something. And that's why we're here right mm-hmm. now, but we're having a live stream. So um am really excited to be doing this. I, I have all these notes on, oh, wow. on YouTube yeah, yeah. and all the work that you do, because apparently you're not only the head publicist of C squared, you're also the director mm-hmm. of Deviate PR. You're also a PhD in journalism, which is incredible and you're also <laughs> part of two bands disconnected souls and sensory enigma so you've got quite the resume here yeah. it's pretty impressive so you know here comes the tuning of the horn and <laughs> <laughs> oh your yeah. spot is Curtis anyway <laughs> <laughs> well Curtis would just put you on the spot and say what's your favorite well, Zelda Kurt. game of all time wink wink Curtis that is true. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if you watched that live stream or uh, that, that interview with us two, but uh, he asked me what my favorite Zelda game was. It was between Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, and there's like a very uh, divided opinion on that for a lot of people, and his is Majora's Mask, mine is Ocarina of Time. So we started going at it, and I don't know. I think he still likes Majora's Mask better because <laughs> apparently he was like, well, guess what? Now we're going to fire Alex. And uh we're gonna, we're gonna start moving on. I was like, wait a second, what do I gotta do to come back? Like do I gotta like now like change my opinions? Like I don't know about that. I, I think Wiggere of Time is still is still the better game, but <laughs> But what's Curtis saying? I'm not a head tutor. I'm not a head tutor. I don't know what that means. What I think it was just a typo, he's not a horn tutor. Oh, Horde Tooth. Okay.
0: I do have a slight bone to pick with Curtis because he spelled my name wrong, which you've never done before.
1: <laughs> well, um,
0: but never mind.
1: Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that like PR day one, make sure that you, you, you spell the names correctly, you have all the links because every time I listen to the C Squared podcast, I'm always hearing, listen, if you do not get your links, then hell will come upon you! And then the whole place will burn into flames and you know it's going to be a monster truck rally. So, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have lots to talk. Of, I have lot to talk to you about, Holly. So, um, I first want to ask you where it all began for you and your music career uh, with Disconnected Souls and Sensory Enigma. So, I'm I'm sure it began somewhere, maybe with lessons or with maybe uh, really working with a friend. Yeah.
0: Um. Well, well, I guess if we if we go really far back, um. It began when I was little and my dad used to play like rock and heavy metal music, like straight from the beginning. So I had all of this like subconscious stuff soaking up, I think, when I was growing up. Um And I started having piano lessons when I was about six years old. And it wasn't too long until I was like, wait, guitars are cool. I want to play a guitar. Can I have guitar lessons? So I like moved over onto that. Um And then I just... I kind of, I guess, did the sort of teenager thing of like discovering Slipknot and all of those metal bands um, and sort of going down that route of ooh, let's just make everything heavy. And like when you, you know, when you down tune a guitar for the first time, it's like, ooh, <laughs> this is heavy. <laughs> I remember doing that. Um, but yeah, so sort of fast forward a few years and I moved to Chester when I started at university. Um, and then I ended up meeting uh, Matthew and the other Disconnected Souls guys. And for some reason, they just asked me to join. Um, and that sort of just, yeah, it just sort of happened. But it's been great ever since. Um, and then me and Matthew decided to form Sensory Enigma as like a little side project. Because um, it's kind of the opposite of Disconnected Souls. Disconnected Souls is very maximalist. And it's like, we are going to take everything possible and shove it into one into one musical project. Whereas Sensory Enigma is like, okay, we're going to have a maximum of four tracks per song and that's it, it's going to be super minimal um, and kind of like have a creative restraint and then see where we go with it. Amazing. And so yeah, Amazing. everything.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I, I sat down and I listened to the whole EP start to finish and oh, it is cute. a lovely piece of work and you guys sound like you took all kinds of experimental elements with like the synth and the guitars and the vocals and the singing and the screaming and the growling and yes. <laughs> and and all of the elements coming in together and making a really nice album really nice i believe it's a PC. Is it's an EP or an album i'm not
0: I we call it an EP, but I think a lot of people would argue it's an album <laughs> cause no, it's I mean, like. It's,
1: but... there, there are six tracks and one bonus track, so I guess that that would be. I, I guess it would. I would consider. I, I mean, either one really. It's an EP. It's an album. It's uh, whichever one, but either way, it's a good piece of music. Whether you call it an EP, an album, whatever it is, it's, it's a really great record. We can call it a record. (laughs) That always works. That's always the safe word. It's always like, I can't tell if this is an EP or an album, so I'll say record. Um, So uh, what I'm going to do is what I've been doing with a lot of other uh, artists that have been coming through on the live stream is I usually go through each of the tracks and we do a track by track and you'll tell me a little bit about the song and uh, the the, the coming of the music, uh, some of the lyrics maybe, Uh, any kind of fun details you want to tell me. So... I'm gonna start off with this lovely intro, synth intro track that you guys have and it's called Emergence. And it has a very appropriate name because it has like the emergence of the EP sort of coming to life. So uh, what can you tell us about this intro track? Who composed it? Uh, What was the thought process behind it? What can you tell us about that?
0: Yeah, well, interestingly, um, when we were writing it, Emergence and Divergence were one whole track. And it was kind of later on that we decided oh actually we're going to separate them um i'm not i can't actually really remember why we did that <laughs> to be honest. i think it was just oh we'll, we'll do the dramatic thing of putting an intro track in because that seems cool um but yeah it's very much like you say it's supposed to be like an emergence and i guess because we have such a, a kind of ridiculous concept going on with it with the the two elements like warring against each other throughout the entire and um, through the entire release, it was kind of a yeah, you know, we're going to make it as dramatic as possible. So
1: that's amazing. Uh, but
0: it, it was so much fun to do, and it's kind of a we're going to take like really dancey nightclub synths and just put them in there because why not?
1: <laughs> I, I was feeling that so hard. I was I was listening to this and I was like, this is like kind of dancey. It's got like some like traveling through cyberspace kind of feels to it, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I want to dance, but I also want a headbang to this. Yeah. <laughs> you can do both. You can just be like, yeah So whichever one you choose to do, whatever your vibe is, you can you can do yeah. both those things, you can do one of them. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a great way to, to kick off this record and um I think that it leads really nicely into the next song which starts introducing the guitars, since we were just talking about down-tuned guitars. I guess this is kind of like I had one of those moments while listening to this, I was like, whoa, it's heavy! And this one is called Divergence, so it's got some heavy, some synth to it, and it's a little melodic, so what can you tell us about this one?
0: Yeah, I guess, sort of loosely, this is the closest thing we have to a symphonic metal track. Um, we are very influenced by bands like Nightwish and I mean I, I've loved Delane. They were one of the first symphonic metal bands I discovered. So um, when I was writing the lyrics from it, I, for it, I guess I was kind of going for like the fantasy, symphonic-y, folky sort of ideas to bring in um, and yeah, we wanted to do that musically, but at the same time, we wanted to keep the sense going and keep the energy going. And then we're thinking, okay, how can we make this really, really heavy? And then we're like, okay, we're going to do an epic breakdown that's got um, like the really cool Oriental instruments in, because that just adds something extra. There is. There is a little um, sort of Easter egg in the uh, sort of... We call it like the post-breakdown, if that kind of makes sense. I don't know if you've heard it. If you're fans of a, of a fan of a and uh spacey franchise you might recognize it
1: it's um where did at what point in the song does it happen does it happen near the end
0: after the breakdown yeah sort of leading into the final chorus wow it's cool so a lot of people don't get
1: it while i was listening to it but that's really cool i i love easter eggs in fact like i love them so much that i have like so many chocolates still in my room that i'm not going to eat because i'm just like i like (laughs) I just like having chocolates in case I want one. Right. But <laughs> bad jokes. anyway, but yes, Easter, I'm, I'm all for Easter eggs. Even just like the stuff that we do with our band with blood of vinegar, we put an Easter egg that we're going to do on album two. So, like we do stuff like that. That's very similar. So, and like, I mean, there's also things from video games that we've kind of snuck in there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's awesome. I, I, I love the details of this song. It's very Uh, it's got, it's got, like I was saying, it's got that synth pop kind of feel with the metal. Mm -hmm. And that's always something that I can appreciate when we combine those two different worlds. It, it creates something really special. So, uh, that's Divergent. The next one Mm -hmm. is called Oathbreaker.
0: Yes. So there's quite a fun story behind this. Um, Patrick, the guy who does all the screaming and the cleans and, and the rap, actually, we discovered he could rap. So that's why there's a rap in the Warring Elements track.
1: Um, that, that's awesome. I'll let you continue. I'll, I'll say what I was going to say after.
0: <laughs> um, but anyway, he used to, in one of his all-day jobs, um, he had the chorus hook and the lyrics for Oathbreaker. Um, so he spent the entire day like singing it to himself so he wouldn't forget it. And then <laughs> like as soon as he got home, he just messaged Matthew and he was like, we need to, we need to do this song. We need, I need to get it out of my head. Um, <laughs> so it was kind of strange, I guess, from a compositional perspective, because we... We're writing the entire song around these chorus lyrics and um, it was quite a fun exercise actually and yeah so we decided okay we're going to do a sort of hard rock track with this rather than a metal one but then we're just going to put like a skrillex style breakdown in it because why not <laughs> so, why not <laughs> yeah. it's it's such a chaos this i've come to the conclusion disconnected souls is just chaos um,
1: it's it's okay. it's really well organized chaos dude. it's a really that's, that's great <laughs> it, it, it's now it sounds like this like it, yeah it definitely sounds like it, it it's like everything sort of belongs because like when you have chaos mm-hmm. and everywhere is chaos and it becomes the norm it's like mm-hmm. when when you have one song when you're going from like we're going to make a jazz album then you're just like okay we're going to put one screw like song in there then it's like okay now we have chaos <laughs> but i think <laughs> it makes sense for this album and i think that it's very cohesive so um yeah so we're about almost halfway through this album uh the next one is called deviate and this one has a bit more of a somber feel i found
0: Mm. yeah it was again this was very interesting to write because we were trying to do something we were trying to mess with the structure um so this is why it's ended up with just one very long chorus but it's kind of a shame because we actually really like the chorus in the end and we're like, oh, maybe we should have done it twice, <laughs> but, but never mind. Um, but it was kind of, I don't know, it was almost a little bit fiddly to write for some reason. I have no idea if we just chose awkward chord progressions or or what it was. But anyway, it sort of came together in the end. Um, but it's just kind of, yeah, nice to do something a little bit different with this one, bring like a bit of a different mood and, and tone with it. Um, I mean, with the EP as a whole, we were very much trying to choose tracks for the track list that they show a little bit of everything that we can do, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, yeah, this probably works for a It's still heavy and it's still got energy to it, but it's not like the dancey stuff of Emergence or Divergence, that sort of thing.
1: Awesome. All right, so now we're going into the next song. And I think that starting from the song Deviate, it kind of takes a bit of a... I think we're going more into like, us. we're kind of working more with the somber kind of seal still, kind mm-hmm. of going down that road. So it's kind of like a nice transition into that kind of feel uh, with the song Shattered. So what's being shattered right now? Yes,
0: <laughs> this is kind of the, yeah, we were like, okay, we're going to do a ballad or, or like a sort of ballad uh, inspired thing. Um and it's supposed to be quite uplifting. It's like you say the, the music side of it is kind of somber in many ways, but the lyrical side of it was um intended to be a little bit philosophical and a bit sort of self-reflective, but hopefully positive. um It's interesting as well, actually, this is the track where Matthew took the lead on the lyric writing, so it was kind of a nice experiment for him to try doing something a bit different um and it was good fun as well. You might be able to tell in the final chorus we had a nice choir full of lovely people. So we just basically contacted all of our friends and were like, hey, if you've got a microphone, could you just record yourself at home and send it to us? And we all try and piece it together.
1: I don't think it worked. I think it worked pretty well. <laughs> I can just imagine that happening, just being like, uh, like, you know, sending a text to all your friends and saying, hey, can you guys just all go, ah, for me, like in the <laughs> microphone? So then, like, you just feel like, so they send you, like, a really formal email. Be like, hi, Holly, this is Alex, And I'm sending you a, ah, right now. <laughs> this. so then you just open the file and it's like mm-hmm. oh, shit okay <laughs> working. Oh, no. okay ah! and then you get, and then you get like, be like hey is this working yes it is ah! and then you get like more people then like you get a cameo from James Delbridge from ah! then, like Anthro. Like, uh, and then you get like and then you get all kinds of people like giving you different voices so then you put them all together and now like, oh, that's music <laughs> so, oh we're
0: still so gonna have to get you to do something that's amazing <laughs>
1: <laughs> that must have been fun yeah so the next one is warring elements and this one has to be my favorite song on the ep because i got like this like cyberspace adventure in the beginning i feel like i'm in like the matrix or something i feel like i just got taken oh, nice. right through like a four by three aspect ratio television. This one in, per- in particular.
0: Oh, nice. Oh, wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I went through that television and I just started <laughs> spiking my hair, putting blonde highlights in my hair and listening to Lincoln park. And I was, yeah. like, we're going straight into like some like cybernetic kind of like vibes right now with, with like some really cool synth. And then it's like, just like super heavy. I feel like it's kind of mysterious a little bit. And I'm like, wow, this is getting really cool. And it gets it gets really heavy, gets really interesting. And then I think that like, I, I, I think my favorite part of this song, and I, I'm not sure if this was intentional, but <laughs> have you or Matthew played Donkey Kong 64 from the Nintendo 64?
0: I don't think I have. I, I'm very
1: interested to see where you're going with this. <laughs> I'll send this to you after, after, after <laughs> our chat. There is a song in 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 an area in the game Donkey Kong sixty four, like in like the main area, which kind of has like this like um sort of like this like like I, I how do I do 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 do, do, do <laughs> kind of sound to it, and it's around four fourteen to the end of the song, and it kind of oh. it has like this like funky like kind of like. Donkey Kong 64, like, Grant Kirkhope kind of composition sort of feel to it. And it's kind of, like, hanging – it's kind of, like, a beach kind of area and, like, a little bat – it's like a bat cave inside of a beach. Like I can't really describe, like, um, what it's like. But it kind of has, like, that kind of, like, feel to it. But that was exactly what I was getting when I was listening to the ending of that song. It was like that – you're that's a, brilliant! Doing that and like, or like, some, some kind of like sneaky Scooby-Doo kind of thing happening. where are like, where are the Scooby snacks? <laughs> and you're kind of like peeking around the corner, just being like, "Hey, I, I can use my camera to kind of describe it." Like, <laughs> it's like the hands are coming around the edge like this. <laughs> oh, that's I'm brilliant! Like, but but that was the most brilliant thing I had ever heard. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> and I did the same thing to Gaia too, because Gaia has a song as well. Um, I think it's called um uh it's that one with like the with like these like what's what what is it? It's like uh it's not a wind up toy. It's the thing that comes after the wind up toy in DK sixty four. I'm sorry, Holly. I'm 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 on a train of thought. Here. It's like this ballerina sound. This... And she it's the song where I remember she was telling me, she was just like, honestly, I was like so mad when I made this song. And I was like, you know what? The lyrics were kind of like a black metal song. So I was just like, you know what? Like, this was about being angry. And like, it was because it's like, I can't remember what the song is called. I need to... It's, like, driving me crazy. But it's a really great song, and it's one of my favorite songs on the record. Um, but it has, like, this ballerina sound. It, it's a glockenspiel. There we go. Thank you, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Ah. Curtis says, I call your <laughs> – Alex describes everything. <laughs> you know something? I was having this conversation with one of my friends the other day, like, one of my good friends from elementary school, and I was like, dude, I got to tell you something, like, a really – interesting thing he was like yes Alex what do you want to tell me and I said bro we're really good at explaining things because <laughs> every time we watch a tv show I can like we can explain like the entire plot of the show like so well and so detailed and then they're just like yeah whatever Alex you know just keep on being like, no man like we're so good at explaining things and they're just like you're good at explaining things you're explaining how you're good at explaining things I was like <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but anyway, if I can remember this song, it was like, it, it's, it's. I think that Lindsay knows which song I'm talking about, but it's a song with the glockenspiel in the beginning, and it's like, reminds me of Donkey Kong 64, but anyway, um, <laughs> I'll probably remember what it is. I, I think it's who we are, I, I, I can't, I think that's the name of the song, um, I think that might be the one, but anyway, we'll come back to this <laughs> later on, because I'm going crazy trying to remember this song! <laughs> Um. all right so tell us about warring elements yeah r- <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: so this was kind of a okay how can we just do a ridiculously heavy track that was I think basically the entire thought process behind it Um. so yeah very heavy guitars Um. I don't know if I mentioned this we use 8 string guitars so we're like okay we're gonna really make the most of this um and we wanted to choose loads of synths as well that had like a really sort of distorted low end because then it just makes everything sound even more immense um and yeah we just had i just had a lot of fun with it to be honest it's a fun one to do (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah the rap as well we were like patrick can rap apparently okay that's going in (laughs) we can't not put that in now we know he could do that
1: The, no, that is a real, not only is that an not awesome talent to have like in metal because you never see that it's also just like a really cool element to put in with something like this where you have like the you know you have the synths you have the, the the sort of the synth pop kind of influence you have the metal going mm-hmm. metal goes with everything really. yes so, it does doesn't it <laughs> it's, it's so crazy because whenever i explain this to somebody who like doesn't listen to metal they're like so are you like so They'll be like, so what exactly are you? I'm like, it's it's like, I just think dark fantasy metal. You're like, so what does that even mean? I'm like, it's dark fantasy and metal. They have a kid and they <laughs> go, there you go. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, so what does that sound like? I'm like, so you basically get an orchestra and then you put it with guitar. So they're like, so hold on a second. Because they're like picturing ACDC or something. They're like, yeah, they're yeah. Picture that. And they're just like, so it's that with an orchestra? Aren't they two different things? I'm like, yeah, but like, or, or like when somebody will say, like, um, they do like like space metal because like i also have another friend who's also from england his name's luke and uh we're doing the lives from next week luke from final blast big shout out to luke he's a great dude um he's doing galactic space metal so if i were to explain galactic space metal they'll be like well so like what is that (laughs) <laughs> so somebody who's not really in the metal bubble, it's like I don't know anybody who's watching this right now. Do you ever find that when you're trying to explain to somebody what exactly your music is, it's like hard to describe because you're just like, it's this, and then somebody in the metal field will be like, gotcha, I know exactly what that is, like folk metal. It's like you picture like flutes, and then you picture like the, the Ernie going. Like an Erdy Gurdy, which is like, just like a microwave with a handle on it that like you just, you just start playing with like, a, with keys on it and, and you're just, and most people probably don't, wouldn't know what that instrument is, but like somebody in the metal bubble is like, not only is that awesome, but it's also something I know about because like metal is like, you can combine like metal with country, with, 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 with classical, with, with, with electronic, like everything. So I really love what you guys did with the Warring Elements here. So it's like definitely combining, like you know, you have like the the pop sound with like the rapping, and it's got like that like Linkin Park kind of style too, where it's like I'm just ever and ever, and I'm just rapping, and I'm I can't fade. You know, like the way we did before. You know, so like um, (laughs) anyway, we're just having too much fun here today. No, it's great. It must have been the coffee before I came on, but I feel like I'm (laughs) a mile a minute now. So, um, anyway, um, so up next is track number seven. This is the bonus track of the album. So, uh, this one's called mischievous spirits and this one has more of like an atmosphere kind of ambient vibe to it. So um, tell us about that one
0: we we decided okay we were going to put a bonus track on it again mainly just because it seemed like a cool thing to do <laughs> our ideas are usually just i don't know random ideas but matthew came up with the idea of okay well why don't we do mysterious spirits just because it's so different to everything else um and i kind of thought well yeah like you say because it's so soundscapey and so atmospheric it's kind of like a I don't know, it felt like a nice sort of way to conclude everything after all the madness (laughs) that came beforehand. But it's also kind of a, it's another thing showing off some more stuff that we can do. And it also feels a little bit like it leaves the door open for whatever comes next as well, if that kind of makes sense. Because it's by no means are we finished, but just we we are going to do so much more, so much more chaotic stuff. So it's kind of nice to have something that, I don't know. Sort of concluding, but not fully.
1: Not fully concluding, but kind of leaving the yeah. door open, which is kind of like <laughs> I, I guess that's the essence of an EP because it's like when you when you have like an EP, it's kind of like this is kind of just, this is where things are going, but we're getting mm-hmm. ready for something that you can expect later on, which is like a really cool thing about that because. Now you're you got it's like you got the attention of the people. Now that it's like that was an EP. Now we're still hungry for more. It's like you just came yes, in and you had, like it's like you just came in and you were just like you know what that was that was absolutely delicious. When you walk into like a five star restaurant for years, which is exactly what I, I think that you guys were aiming to put together and successfully did. Um, and now I just think that the people are going to come back for even more. So congratulations on a wonderful oh, release, yes. a great one.
0: No, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. That's great. Thank you.
1: Awesome. So that is all of the songs on the EP, and it's a re-release. You guys are re-releasing this one. I'm, I'm seeing your yeah. promos being like, hey, everyone, it's Holly, and I'm going to give you a brand yeah. new. I've new even new got it here. <laughs> there it is. It's making a cameo. It's like doing a one of these. <laughs>
0: it's oh god i know it's like uh, people are going to be sick of me showing
1: it but it's <laughs> like
0: hey please, please buy <laughs>
1: getting sick of holly everybody wants to see more of holly <laughs> 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 oh that's amazing all right so now that we've talked about your music now we have to talk about all the boring stuff that all the people who are here are so interested in learning about, which is all the stuff that I think, you know what, I get really excited about marketing. I get really excited about talking about VR and stuff like that, because I think that that is really the vehicle for bringing success to musicians in today's world, because really, you got to take ownership of your music. You know, you got to take ownership of what you do and you got to bring it to the next level. And that's your responsibility as the artist to be the spokesperson, to be the, uh the the overall just you know person who's gonna you know get your music career off the ground to the next level and bring your own success about so holly i want to ask you um how have you been going about marketing this uh release for uh roaring elements and uh what do you plan to do in the future
0: oh okay well we're very lucky that um the wonderful curtis is helping us out with the PR side of things. Um, So that's been a huge help because there's quite a few music journalists and things who we just didn't get to reach the first time round. So it's kind of nice that we're doing a re-release. We can hopefully, yeah, get reach a few more audiences and a few more industry people as well and things like that. Um, From my point of view, it's just social media, social media, social media. (laughs) That's our only way really um, of pushing things. I mean, obviously live well live gigs are starting to come back here but we're not in any shape or form ready to do that yet unfortunately so it's kind of a how can we try and reach new people just electronically so yeah I've been you know posting more trying to experiment with posts trying to engage with people and it's wonderful actually We've started having some really lovely conversations with other musicians and um, just you know people who enjoy listening to music all around the world and it's kind of I know it kind of seems mad, but I still do the thing of, oh, my God, technology is amazing. <laughs> and, and it is, really, isn't it? Um, and so it's just kind of nice making, you know, more genuine connections, and those are the ones that are going to help the music anyway, because, you know, it's those people who are actually going to want to buy your stuff because they genuinely care. Um, I mean, we see, I see so many people just sort of posting online, sort of into the void, hoping that it will just... I don't know, imagine magically equating to sales or, or streams or things like that. And unfortunately it doesn't work anymore because everybody's screaming into the void. <laughs> so
1: kind of how do you get the voice like to the listen? Everybody's sending you the prior parts at once in your email, just a bunch <laughs> of people <laughs> at once and then you yeah. hear nothing. It's just scrambled eggs. That's what ends up happening when um, everyone is trying to speak at the same time, like, um, but with music, no, it's different. When everybody talks at the same time, it actually makes a beautiful sound. And I guess we can say the same thing, everybody putting their stuff out there, and it's great that everyone is, but there needs to be some strategy to that as well.
0: Yeah, it's, I find it so frustrating how, you know, the social media platforms and the streaming platforms are so geared in their algorithms that it's kind of the people at the top stay there, and it's really hard for the people just to sort of climb up a little bit um so it's again yeah, it's trying to find ways to overcome that and it is it's tricky it's really tricky to do um but you know you do see artists that they do manage to do it through a lot of hard work um so hopefully hopefully we'll keep getting there and keep reaching new people and yeah because i mean we have we're so lucky that we get some amazing feedback so it's the people that we do reach do seem to genuinely really really like what we're doing which is just absolutely amazing um so it's yeah it's one of those it's we would love to reach new people but we're still incredibly grateful for the people that we have
1: absolutely and it's so important to be grateful for those people who come in and show support and um i just want to say thank you for tuning in everybody who's here and that includes Lindsay curtis James from lycanthro uh we've got uh every podcast uh, I love is dead. <laughs> I, <Ooh>. I, <laughs> Except <exceptionally laughs> we're still going. <laughs> oh. I need an in-depth description on chip tune. That was one that was over my head. Um, I'm not sure what chip tune is. Do you know what chip tune is, Holly? Oh,
0: I'm not sure actually. Um.
1: Hmm. Holly says, uh, "Sorry, uh, Curtis says Holly will never be fired. That was a joke." Oh. <laughs> we love <laughs> Curtis um uh laura from the inferno.com came in to say hi hello laura great to see you. she was on last week if you want to check that out she's just popping in to say hello she's at work um <laughs> uh lindsey came in to let us know that it was a glockenspiel in gaia's song that i was talking about the dk64 sound um i think the song is who we are but i have to double check mm-hmm. um but, uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you guys all so much for coming to tune in. And I wanted to say, yes, Curtis is awesome. We're working with Curtis, as you know, with T-Squared for PR. and He's been doing an amazing job. Uh, well, and, and you have as well. Like, you did an amazing bio for us for lot of Indigo. And I was so pleased. And the guys loved it, too. We were all so happy with how it was written. We'd never had somebody write a bio for us just yet. And you were the first. So we were just like, wow, somebody's writing something about us. So it was uh, really nice to see that. And uh, you did an excellent job. So thank you. Very good.
0: Good. I'm glad you pleased with it.
1: Yeah. 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 It was. I, awesome. can, I
0: always want to try and do justice to <laughs> who I'm writing for. So <laughs> it, was awesome.
1: it was awesome. Yeah. I just wanted to say thank you for that. Um, Gaia is my mom. So, yes, I also want mom. to say thank you to Gaia, of course, because Gaia is also incredible. Gaia is, <laughs> Gaia is amazing. Curtis saying Gaia is my mom. Gaia is my PR mom. She is. And uh, she's been doing an amazing job. She's been bringing us a lot of interviews. She's been getting us a lot of engagement with different press. That's amazing. Um, helping us build our email list. And she's mm-hmm. always a big uh, supporter of us. She's been one of our number one fans. So, Gaia, you are awesome. And uh, thank you for everything that you do for us. So, I hope you're watching this now with a smile on your face because we do love you, Gaia. and We always will. Um, so now that I've tuned Guy's horn, I've tuned your horn, tuned t- t- Curtis's horn. I also want to say a big shout out to Lindsay because she's here. Lindsay, you're awesome, and you know how awesome you are. I always give you the most love because you are incredible, and you are such an inspiration. And you're awesome. So thank you for tuning in and always being uh, so supportive of me since the beginning. And Lindsay is one of the reasons why um, I became a vocalist and started Blood of Indigo. So. Thank you, Lindsay, for always being so supportive and encouraging and being an amazing friend and mentor. All right. So um, I want to ask you a question, Holly, and I want to ask you about this. How do you feel about negative reviews? (laughs) (laughs) Doot-doot. Curtis is gone.
0: Oh, my God. It's one of those things. I think it depends on the type of negative review. Like if it's someone sort of giving constructive criticism, I think think that can be really helpful and that can be a really good thing. But when it's a journalist who's being like, oh, I don't like this, therefore it's shit. I I just find that infuriating because that's not journalism. That's just you being an asshole. So it's kind of a, if you (laughs) you know, it's like, yes, it's like, I I mean, whenever I write reviews and things, it's kind of, even if it's not my genre or it's not my style, if it's done well, I'm still going to give them a good review. So I, I really don't understand journalists who just don't seem to, I don't know. They don't seem to appreciate like the musicians behind it. Maybe that's because I am a musician though. Yeah. Maybe
1: that's why. I think. It, that probably it, You know what's funny? Is, like I, I understand exactly where you're coming from because um, in my radio days, because I actually also went to school for journalism as well. I'm in oh. school now for creative writing. I, I finished journalism in 2016. Now I'm in creative writing. I'm in my third year of uni. So yeah, um, oh. uh, I, I, I also agree with you on that front, where it's like, if there's a difference between being a good journalist and a shock jock, because I find that some people who write negative reviews are just writing negative reviews about everything, and they're just doing it because it gets clicks. And that is unfortunate, because I'm just like, did you even listen to the seat?
0: <laughs> yeah, there is that. I mean, in some ways, that can almost working in in your favor I guess if it does get clicks because I know I mean Curtis has said before that sometimes bad reviews do actually get album sales because people think oh okay let's go have a look at this but it's yeah it can be really disheartening sometimes and I I don't think that's fair on I don't think that's fair on anyone really to have to go through that
1: yeah I, I think that it's harder on the musicians who are kind of taking reviews personally um yeah. it's it's more yeah. a matter of how you take things, right? Because it like with every review, it's like you can't you, know, you can't let something positive or negative start getting to your head. It mm. it's a, it's somebody else's opinion of something, and an opinion is just an opinion, it's not the truth. So you know, and and the thing is with bad reviews, and 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 like Curtis is saying here, he's saying that he's bought CDs based on mm. bad reviews, and that's that's a marketing thing. Where even like from yeah. Savvy Musician Academy, which was where um uh I um so I Lindsay uh, Hazy from In Bale, uh Sam from Sam Asaroth, you know, uh, our, uh, Sam Asaroth, still <laughs> <I'm> so, <laughs> um, so Sam, so also you know we've kind of learned that sort of. Uh, same principle from negative reviews, which is if somebody says something bad, if anything, you're going to get more clicks because that creates curiosity because it, yeah. it's all positive reviews. That looks great, but you're going to get social proof based on somebody saying this isn't for me or this is not good because it's it's almost like somebody psychologically is like, well, why? Why does this person feel this way? And it and it creates a emotional sort of trigger of curiosity either way. So You know, whether it's, you know, whether it's positive or negative, as long as it's not something super hectic, like, you know, negative reviews can be beneficial sometimes. And, you know, when it's an absolute slaughter fest, just for the sake of it being like, this is so awful because this is the worst thing I've ever heard. At that point, it's just like, okay well this is just a meme now like this guy is just like i feel like it's a comedy routine at that point because i'm just like okay i'm just reading this and i'm like i can't believe this guy is just saying things like even listen to the cd like um is there anything good to say about this because then it just kind of like you know it just kind of turns into like i don't know like it's it's uh you know at the end of the day these are like with 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 an independent artist i feel like you know Maybe, like, the journalist should look at this more from, like, a different standpoint than holding it up to a Metallica with all the funding in the world to do the greatest album of all time. So, you know, it it really depends on, you know, the perspective. And I think that with journalism, it's like, and, and I think that it's like to look at things, whenever you're reviewing a piece of music, and even though music is subjective, take an objective approach to it and say, okay, this is what the music is, what can we say about it? And whether it be positive or negative, the negative isn't really—I I, I think I, from a journalism standpoint—doesn't really help the journalist much to burn bridges and say, "Yeah, this was this was the shits," and then and, and then the, the artist just gets a bad taste in their mouth. But if you know you believe in the artist and you feel like there's momentum there, you might as well just emphasize the good things because a review really exists for a social proof. At the end of the day, it helps the band have quotes for their website, for the social media, and it lets people know there's people talking about them. Um, You know, what are your thoughts, though? What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I I mean, it's like, as a journalist, it always, I don't know, I find it wonderful when bands put my quote on their website or they share that on Facebook. So I kind of feel like... I've done something to help them (laughs) and that it's kind of like a a nice thing for me and it's nice to be acknowledged, but it's also, yeah, it's nice that maybe I've helped them reach some new fans. So I I see it very much as like a sort of, I don't know, kind of almost working relationship in a way sort of thing. Um, Whereas I know maybe some people are, I don't know, they just do so many reviews. I mean, I know like Curtis is saying, actually, if you're having a bad day, it, it can lead to a bad review and i completely understand that because you know we're all human if you're in a bad mood writing a review is probably not the thing <laughs> that you want to be
1: doing at that time oh um, but i think it's the kind thing with like if you're a news reporter it's like if you're having a bad day you don't just suddenly say yeah it's awful here that's true <laughs> it's, that's like very talk, it, it's like if you're having a bad day then maybe it's best to do that review when you're in a better state of mind or maybe Quality control and look at things objectively. It yeah, teach you in journalism school, which is don't put your opinions in things because you're not a uh, unless if you're doing a critique on something. A critique is different from a mm. like an opinion piece in the newspaper is different from reporting on on the facts. Yes.
0: Yeah. So it. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I think I don't know if this is just me, but I seem to have noticed re- uh, recently so many more blogs. Are doing features rather than reviews and it does seem to be there's perhaps I don't know a shortage of people interested in in writing the reviews or yeah people are just struggling for time or maybe there's just so much music being made it's difficult to fit it in um so it's I don't know I feel as though the world of journalism is maybe being shaken up a little bit at the moment which possibly um, positives and negatives to it um because I mean it's horrible seeing I say it's horrible. It's kind of, it's a little bit disappointing sometimes knowing that bands are more than capable of being in certain publications. It's just maybe wrong time, wrong place, um, rather than they're not good enough. And it's like, I know sometimes like as a PR, we go back to bands and we're saying, you know, like, don't worry about it. Don't take it personally. It's not a reflection that your music isn't good. It's just, uh, we'll have to try again sometime. So it's, I, I don't know, it can be a very tricky place to navigate at times, I think, in general. So.
1: Yeah, I, I, so with, with that being said, so at, at what point in time do you think that a band is ready for PR? So do you think that they need mm. to have solid music ready? Do they have to have the right production going for them? Do they have the right presentation? Um, is there a point where you have to decide what quality control you're going to work with as a PR and say, hey, like, maybe we should step back Pick your production, get some better, uh, you know, get your website going, maybe get some, mm-hmm. build your list a little bit, build your social media. You know, I'm sure there are a few steps to kind of consider before you take on a new client.
0: Yes. Yeah, All right. I'm going to go turn the light on because I really am disappearing into the void now. <laughs> um,
1: but <laughs> I always do think... the black middle live stream.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> your thumbs are um, uh, it's a little
0: bit better yeah you can see me again um i kind of think the music does need to be of a good quality but i i certainly don't think it needs to be absolutely perfect i know some uh, bands and musicians i mean we we kind of did it ourselves a little bit with disconnected souls Um we we dived in straight at the deep end and went for a really super high up sound engineer and um, i'm like we're really happy with what he did and it was a really interesting learning curve but i kind of think we didn't necessarily need to do that. We could have gone um, with another sound engineer who like we use for other bits and bobs who would still have done an amazing job and he would have cost us <laughs> quite a lot less. <laughs> um, so it's kind of a, I think there's getting a balance between doing something that's recorded well, you know, like making the instruments, a, making sure the instrumentation is like, it's tight, it's on time. It's the volume levels are good. The vocals are of decent quality. But, yeah, I think it's so easy to compare yourself to those bands. Like you say, they've got all that money and all the team around them and the resources to do something absolutely epic. So I just think, yeah, as long as it's a a decent quality, then that's perfectly fine music-wise. Social media does need to, they need to have some sort of an audience or a fan base growing because if you do PR and there isn't a fan base there at all, it, it's not, it's, they're not really going to grow it because people don't know they exist in the first place. You know, there's groundwork that they need to do. And it's so easy, um, just getting, you know, social media profiles up to date. It's updating photos, updating little bios, making sure your links are everywhere and, you know, posting regularly, engaging. And it's amazing how quickly actually, um, you know, followers can grow. And so it, it's kind of, <laughs> I find it frustrating when we look at a band and they've got I don't know social media profiles with half the information missing or like they've got the band members from five years ago half of whom have left are still on there still on their profile and you're just
1: still thinking there. oh
0: you fix this <laughs> you could fix this so easily yeah
1: um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are just so <laughs> many things right like <laughs> like having a like like having just like your banner kind of be cut off with everybody's head cut off or like their are cut off so it just looks like 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 this (laughs) nobody has any eyebrows (laughs) and uh you know it's it's just the little things right and 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 even just like if and and i understand that not everybody is there all the time not everybody is there yet But when you're ready to launch, when you're ready to start getting, when you're ready to really show yourself at 150%, and that is usually when you have something to sell, I would assume, um, then it's important to take those times, like when you're writing, recording, producing, doing whatever, to fix those kinks. Like, go back, fix your social media, get your description figured out. Like, get the old band members out of your most recent band photo and set up a new shoot or... Um, get all those things in place. But I, I, I think that, you know, when you're kind of establishing yourself, it's okay to kind of, you know, take one step at a time and do those things. Definitely. Um, mm. But of course, until you're ready to open up your shop and sell your music, I think at that point, that's when everything should be, all your ducks should be in a row. So um, yeah. It, yeah. it's, uh, it, it's, it's a matter of getting those things in order first, because those things are so important and, and, when somebody is ready to buy, and when somebody is ready to see all the the, the bigger picture of things, all of those things should, you know, be be in the right place. So I, I I think that that's definitely something to look out for when you're looking for a potential client and you want to work with somebody. So I think that's a really good uh, practice to have.
0: Yeah, and I I think one thing as well that maybe people who've never done PR before, or they're just sort of new to the music industry in general, they don't always realize that it it needs to be a two-way thing. So it's kind of a you don't hire a PR company and they do everything and that's it. It's kind of you know your workload will increase as well, Um, and it's the two parties doing everything together is what's going to get the best results. And I mean, I'd say that everyone we work with is they're all really good on the whole and. You know, it's impossible sometimes to do everything because you know everyone has jobs and lives and stuff. But trying to just do as much as possible, it can make an absolutely huge difference in terms of sales and and reaching new fans.
1: Absolutely. Um, and 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 even just wherever you are at whatever point in your career, if you're not even mm-hmm. into your pre pre launch yet, like you can start something and the and some really amazing advice. Like, I got to give a big shout to Curtis because um, mm-hmm. he really. I basically lit a fire under my ass and said, Hey, you got to post every single day. And I took his advice and he said, including Twitter. So I got on Twitter. I started posting every single day and my followers went up. Like, like we start, when we started with C square, we were at like 229 followers on Instagram. Now we're at almost 300 and that's just in the span of maybe less than two months and without any paid advertising yet. So, mm-hmm. and we've been building our email list like crazy too. So that's some really helpful advice from Curtis, which was post every single day. And and really it's like, I understand that some people don't want to post every day because it it is, it is hectic and it is a lot of work. But when you're at a point where you're starting to build your fan base, I think it's some really good advice to post every day. And I started saying to myself as like a personal mantra, I started saying, post every day, no excuses. Yeah. And I said, okay, I'm gonna do that. And personal, professional, promotional, or the three schools of posting yes. that you can look that, that you can look into and say, okay, well, today I'm gonna post a picture in the studio. I I'm gonna post it. tomorrow. I'm gonna post a picture of me and Nathan going swimming at the pool because <laughs> we went swimming yesterday and like well, we, we decided. Look look to go swimming, like I appreciate it. So <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was just a fun thing. We were just like, you know what, like. We decided like last week, we were just, uh, we were, we were working on a song and we said, okay, well, like we're going to, like we were just deciding, oh man, it's like summer, summer's ending. Like haven't been swimming in forever. And I had no idea Nathan went, was a scuba diver. And I was like, dude, you were a scuba diver. You don't tell me these things. And we, yeah, I was a scuba diver. And I was like, well, Nathan, it looks like we're going competitive swimming today. So we just jumped in the pool and we did it and we did 40 lengths each so back and forth 40 times we had 10 front crawl 10 back crawl three breaststroke 4, uh 10 free choice so 40 laps back and forth and we were exhausted when we were done and then we went to go watch the new suicide squad movie in the theater and we didn't take a picture there because it would have been too dark but we decided <laughs> to take the, the selfie the silly selfie at poolside and a lot of people thought it was cool because it was just like a cool like personal like you know we're listen like we're outside of music we're 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 like best friends me Mario and Nathan we're best friends like we we spend time together outside of making music and we wanted to share that with our fans to establish a better connection with them and and it did really well and um that just goes with everything and 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 with posting mm-hmm. i always think like what am i going to be doing tomorrow what am i going to be doing next week and like it doesn't and eventually it just kind of becomes a habit because with habits it's like and i learned this from reading books about habits Like with habits, when you make something a habit, it just kind of takes less energy to do that thing. So, think about every time you open the door. It's like if you open a door for the very first time, it probably takes more energy to open the door if you've never done this before than if you've done this a hundred times a day throughout your entire life. It's like a habit. Like, you have a way you open a door. So, it's like for me, it's like there's a way for me to post social media. I just wake up and I already have the post in my mind, and I'm like, okay, cool. I have. Today we're doing music, so I'm going to take a video of us working on the song, whether the guys like it or not. I'm going to say, guys, stop everything we're doing. We're going to headbang this part of the song. And they're like, cool. <laughs> and then we just take a video and do it. And then you can also just, like, make memes. And you can stockpile these things and just save them for another date. and. Um, mm. you know, eventually just kind of becomes habit and it just becomes easy because part of your day, it's just something you do. It's like going to work in the morning, right? It, it takes effort to put mm-hmm. keys in your car and start and go to and work, but it probably takes less effort to just put something to social media and put your phone down. There you go. Right. So I yeah, know, definitely. It's a little bit of Alex perspective for you, <laughs> but I don't know. How about you, Holly? Do you have any like habits that you do for posting or, cause I know that you're very active on social media as well.
0: I'm trying to be. I mean, this is, you know, Curtis also sort of kicked me up the arse a bit with my social media, so um, <laughs> I think that's a habit of his. Um, but yeah, so I, like you say, I'm trying to do a mixture of um, musical stuff and, you know, slightly more nice, shiny professional photos, but then also slightly more real ones because I, I do find it a little bit, I don't know, a little bit odd if you look at a band, a band's profile and everything is so perfect. Just think, that, that's not real and you're not connecting with the band because you have no idea who these people actually are. Um, so I'm trying to do, I mean, it's a little bit awkward for us because at the moment we're all quite separated. Um, so it's kind of when we do all sort of get together and do our band stuff, I'm like, right, I've got to stockpile photos. <laughs> I need like two months worth of photos in a weekend.
1: <laughs> I, I do the um, same thing. I'll just be like, guys, we're taking like five different selfies, so get ready. And they're just yeah. All right, cool, <laughs> and then, but they're cool with it. They're just like super, like, you know, go with the flow and it's no problem. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah, sure, man, let's just take some photos. And then like, we enjoy the process together and we always um, enjoy doing things. Cause like I was saying, like in real life, we're just close friends anyway. We probably would have taken a photo regardless, but we just yeah. always keep in mind, um, just We're posting to social media. We're building our audience. We're, you know, moving into the pre pre pre-launch stage, which is, you know, telling people that there's something cool happening. And then the pre-launch is when we start bringing out all the all the the pre-launch video content stuff, which will be like, you know, the lyric videos and potential music videos. And we have some other ideas of stuff that we want to do as well. But I, I think it all comes together really nicely and it's, and it's all like, you know, part of the process. Right. So it looks like you guys are having a lot of fun too. So.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I say actually going back to the habits thing, one thing that I'm sort of, like you say, trying to get into the habit of doing that I think is really helpful is just commenting on absolutely everything. Even if it's kind of, I don't know, I sometimes do this thing of, Oh, I don't know what to say. Therefore I'm not going to comment. That that might be a British thing. I don't know, um. But I'm like <laughs>
1: it's a pretty Canadian thing too. Because th- th- you want to know what the most Canadian thing is. The most Canadian thing is, hey, uh, yeah, hey, listen, bud, I saw that thing you posted on Facebook there and uh, on uh, the weekend there. That was uh, pretty cool. I'm like, did you like it? And they're just like, uh, uh, <laughs> awkward. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a British thing too? Um.
0: Maybe, maybe not quite in the same way. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like commenting on absolutely everything, because then it's like you know more people will see your name pop up. It'll m- lead to conversations sometimes, and yeah, more engagement like that. So that's that's definitely that's my top tip: have it comment on everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no matter and, what it is. <laughs> and like Corey would say in the C squared podcast, she's always uh, mentioning how. Um, when you comment on things and you leave a genuine comment, that actually boosts the engagement on your posts and, on, and and more people are seeing your name in different feeds. So that really helps. And Corey just has some amazing knowledge on marketing. So I always mm-hmm. love listening to what she has to say, uh, along with Curtis on the C Squared podcast and all the amazing experts they've been bringing on. So um, it's one of my favorite podcasts. And speaking of, I saw you, Lindsay, and Curtis talking with Dorit, which is like really
0: cool. Mm-hmm that was, oh my God, that was amazing. <laughs> like, awesome. what she's, was that like? It's just, it, it's all, I mean, it's always wonderful when you speak to someone who is so enthusiastic about what they do. Um, and Dora was just, oh, she's just amazing. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I, I was listening to a little bit of it. I still have to listen to the full uh, interview, which mm-hmm. I've been planning on doing. I've just had a bit of a crazy couple of days, just like coming off the weekend and yesterday we went swimming all day and then <laughs> and then went to go see a movie and then uh this morning i had to help out with my mom with her virtual class because my mom's a makeup artist and teaches classes online as well as person, oh, and cool. i was her ta for the day or the morning and she was like alex i don't know how to use zoom and i need your help and i was like okay well that's what your millennial son is here for <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't. Tell if I'm a millennial or a Gen Z. I'm I'm 1995, so I think that's like on like the cusp of both. You, Wait, well, you're 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 95. Yeah, I'm 26. Okay. How old did you okay. think I was? 75. No, 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 no. I don't have any gray hairs yet. I might. I have I I can't tell. Like maybe I knew the back of my head, and people haven't been telling me anything.
0: No, no, so I hadn't realized you were so close to my age, or I was so close to yours, and it's
1: not a bad thing, I just... So, so did you think I was older or younger? I thought, I don't know, I thought you were maybe, like, a little bit older. Oh, okay, well, (laughs) I, I mean, some, some people usually think it's, like, it's, like, I, I I think it depends, because I've gotten some people say, like, like, because I used to have short hair, I used to have, like, a, like, a haircut, like, I worked at a bank or something, right? (laughs) Like, picture me with, like, short hair, like, like this, be like... Hi guys, I'm Alex with my deep voice and my short haircut. Ah! And then they just be like, "Yeah, like you look like a mature young professional, and you definitely don't look like you listen to metal or anything." <laughs> so the minute I would say, "Yeah, I'm like uh, into metal and I like video games," they're just like, "I thought you worked at a bank and that you were a, that you were just like, you know, like super into like going fishing or something." And I'm like, "What? I've never gone fishing a day in my life." And, or, 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 I don't know, but like, it's just like, uh, I, I, then, then the long hair came and it was like, yeah, you definitely look like a guy who listens to metal and doesn't work at a bank and definitely just plays an acoustic guitar outside of like a, like a beer store or something. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, all right, cool. I guess that's kind of more, like, that's the vibe. I guess I wanted the long, hair, this is the pandemic, you know, thing, right? I was, I was like, home for two years and I was like all right cool like you know what I'm just gonna grow my hair because I've always wanted to do it anyway at one point I had a long hipster beard and oh, nice. so I was like hey guys like I'm Alex with a long hipster beard and my favorite beer is sneaky Weasel, and I also never will ever be caught drinking a bosa Canadian in my entire life because movies." <laughs> and then, uh all of a sudden like the beard comes off and then the long hair comes out and everybody and then like you know my family members were just like yeah man so like you look like a rock star now it's like kind of cool and i'm like that was what i was going for and then <laughs> uh things just get really fun from there um curtis thought i was 18 sometimes i think that i'm below drinking age too um <laughs> uh curtis thought that Holly was 26 uh and yeah, no, I'm 26. How old are you, Holly?
0: I'm 24, but I'm 25 in December, so not, not too far
1: away. Okay, so you had the late birthday, which is like, always like, I, I, I have an early birthday. So like, when I was a kid, I was like, yes, I don't have a late birthday. So then like, when I go to school, like, everybody's going to know that I was born this year, and I'm 26 and older than everybody else. <laughs> and, and then I had one, one of my good buddies... One of my good buddies, Grow, he has a late birthday in October. So, like, whenever I would would just be like, oh, yeah, it's March of 2003, which means that I'm eight years old now. Yeah. And he'd be like, I'm still seven. And then, like, 2004 would come, or like the next year would come, the next school year would come, be like, hey, we're like in like grade four now. He'd be like, yes, finally, I'm eight years old. I'd be like, dude, I'm almost nine. Like, what are you talking about? Eight years old, like you're still playing Mario Kart Double Dash. I'm like onto playing Sonic Adventure Two. What are you even talking about? <laughs> that game came out before. I think <laughs> that game did come out in like 2001. Anyway, like it's time for nerds <laughs> to with Alex. Um. Anyway, um. So we gotta check the comments. What's Curtis saying? Is he giving us more stuff? Uh, he says uh, Holly has the same birthday as Corey. Weirdly enough. Wow. You know what's really funny? Me and Gaia have the same birthday.
0: Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. We need to do, I don't know, we need to do like a weird, I don't know, doppelganger birthday thing or something.
1: Happy doppelganger birthday to yeah. you. <laughs> and then, like, we can get like some like growlers coming in and some singers and be like, Happy birthday to you.
0: I'm singing happy birthday.
1: You know what's really funny? Sometimes with growling, I, I actually put on a British accent to kind of get a different sound. So instead of singing, oh. Happy birthday. I say... Happy birthday. And then you get, like, a different sound. So sometimes, like, whenever I'm, like, explaining how I do my growling to people who are just like, Hey, man, like, how do you do that? I say sometimes I just growl with a British accent so that I can get a different, like, kind of cadence to it. Because... Birthday. And and birthday are actually very different because birthday and birthday like birthday is brighter than birthday because birthday is more angry than birthday than birthday happy birthday happy birthday, happy birthday. and sometimes you're wondering whose birthday is it who's taking a bath <laughs> mr bubbles <laughs> Anyway, my comedy routine is over now. Um, so, so I'm just
0: reevaluating the English language. That's
1: fine. So, so Holly, I, I I just like since you're all through my shenanigans, obviously I, I have had so like um so you're also a vocalist in 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 disconnected souls, right? Because you do keys, you do guitar, and you also do vocals, right? Yes. So do you ever so so like so I I would assume you've probably experimented with your voice a lot. Um, have you ever tried to do like a Canadian slash American accent?
0: Um, <laughs> uh, briefly, it didn't, it didn't go well.
1: <laughs> can, can, can you try it for us? Because I'm always curious, like how does like an English person, oh, no. be, I can, how do we sound to you? Because I've asked this to people from Chicago before I, I, I had one guy like years ago when I did an interview with this interviewer with this guitarist from Chicago, I was like, how do we Canadians sound to you Americans? Do we sound kind of funny? And was like, yes, you guys sound hilarious. <laughs> because you, because Canadians just like, because whenever we say about, we're either saying a boat or a boot. And this is, <laughs> this is a Southern Ontario thing because I'm like from just like North of Toronto. Um, whereas we would say Toronto. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, he was like, that's, he was like, you sound very American until you say about. Then you sound Canadian. And, I mean, just, we just, and we just had like a laugh for about 30 minutes into the interview until like his PR guy came on and started yelling. and said, um, excuse me, can we like him <laughs> to with this interview? Hello? Does anybody listen to me? Hello? <laughs> and he got really mad and I was like, sorry, man. I'll ask the real questions about how your album is going. Yeah. <laughs> How's the release of your album going? Oh, well, you know, it's uh, going really well. You know, uh, we're just uh, putting uh, some... Uh, I we was laying down some guitars and like this one was a really emotional one because it's about like a really bad breakup. I'm like, you know, it was really bad, okay. Um, you know, just like we had a really bad time and now it's really good. Anyway, um, so also, can we hear a Canadian accent from you?
0: See, right. The problem is if I try and do like a, a North American accent or something, I, I go very kind of, do you know what I mean if I say legally blonde? Like I very I go very kind of I don't know weird high school girl American accent and I I I don't really know how to make that Canadian. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> well, if you want to make it Canadian, just add the word "bud" into the end of it. <laughs> just, say, <laughs> just say, "Hey, it's gonna be a real nice." It's a real hot one out there, bud. I think it's gonna be like you know, like thirty-seven degrees out there with the windshield. You know. It's gonna be hot and windy. It's gonna be like uh, I don't know how else you describe it. It's like a fucking like a uh, really like sweaty and hot one, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Canadian, and apparently, I can't even do my own accent. So yeah, do sure the valley girl. Yes, like do the valley girl accent. I'm curious. Like how, how would you? Do okay. Uh,
0: okay. Like totally.
1: That's kind of where my voice goes. That's good. If If I go like totally totally (laughs) what like totally spies. Like that's a Canadian TV show. If you want a Canadian joke. Um, (laughs) Like, like, let's, let's like, 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 like totally something. Give me a sentence, Holly. Come on. Like, like, like use your lyricist, your lyricist uh, gift. (laughs) Some free stuff. Um, We got to get like your, We got to get some rapping. To oh no okay. oh, God.
0: I try, how do I do? oh God, language is so weird. I'm trying to think how do I like move my mouth to make the accent that I want <laughs> I'm think. um okay, that's how I go um like totally going by blood indigo's new album
1: <laughs> <All right. laughs> I would too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, this is fun! Uh, oh Thank you. <laughs> I I don't know if that's something you should be thanking me for, but okay. <laughs> like I would, I would like totally go and buy Blood of Indigos album because we have three days of dark fantasy metal going right now, and you have like totally got to sign up for that. And the link is in my bio, so that is the plug for Blood. Of album. <laughs> and with that being said, Holly. I think that we've gone well over the time that we have um, oh, <laughs> agreed upon and the contract has now been broken and now we're sued for $10 million for going over the airtime and the Canadian radio, television, telecommunications commission is going to come and sue me. So Holly, tell us, um, is there anything that you want to say before we sign off to your fans, to your friends, uh, who have joined us today and uh, who may be looking to purchase the new Disconnected Souls Warring Element EP.
0: Yes, well, I guess just thank you so much, Alex, for having me on. It's been absolutely hilarious and wonderful.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. I-, I had a lot of fun today. I-, I I think you have been one of my favorite guests. Uh, oh. I-, I have many. I... You're actually the 10th guest that I've had on this show. Number 10. We're in, the, we're in the double digits now for the Castle Indigo live stream series and you have been so much fun because you've gone along with all my shenanigans. And there, <laughs> and I'm sure you know as a journalist that there is nothing more fun than somebody who goes along with their shenanigans. Because I would say like the, 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 the most boring type of interview is the one where I got to like sit there and be serious and be like, so um, with this album, you had the... You had used the harmonic minor scale to create a certain feeling. Now, can you use a calculator to count the time signature, which you have allotted to this song and what sort of emotion were you trying to create? Yes, that's a, that's a simple one, Alex. Um, so this song about a friend and um, I don't want to tell you who this friend is because it's very private and um, it was just very sad. All right, so can you expand on that? um you know it's not really much else to say i mean we sat in the studio we did the song and um uh it was really sad and uh yeah (laughs) does that interview sound familiar
0: it it might do (laughs) just like yeah i know it's like the
1: shortest sentence they can give you
0: and it's like no expand
1: like we got to expand like we got we like i i'm always like enthralled by the guests who just want to talk for seven years because i'm just like wow this is awesome or the ones that laugh at my silly jokes like like you have today uh so yeah I, i mean this was awesome holly like you are such good energy you are so much fun to hang out with uh you're a very talented artist and an amazing journalist and an amazing pr person and you are working with such an incredible group of people Uh, The C-Squared team, you guys are awesome. And if you're an artist and you're watching this right now, I'm telling you, like, straight from the heart, like, C-Squared has done so much for Blood of Indigo, has done so much for us. They've helped us build our following. They've got us out there to so many different publications. Um, Holly wrote us an amazing bio. Uh, Curtis has done an amazing job of pushing us to get to our best uh performance in on the social media front and the uh and up our presence He you know told us to go out there and get a better photo which we're doing in october we all went out and bought outfits and to make us look good um uh, you know, you have also this, the amazing podcast that you guys put together where you guys are bringing in some amazing guests and getting us some really good knowledge. Like You know, the one with Doro looks incredible. I still have to watch it. Uh, Lindsay Schoolcraft, who has been a mentor and a friend to me who has been amazing, is, you know, doing a lot of really cool stuff with you as well between the podcasts and, you know, the seminars, mm-hmm. which uh, she did recently, which was incredible and gave some really great information. Um, and, and, yeah, and, and Corey also is just a well of knowledge with, like, so much great marketing info and just is really great and really cares about, uh, you know, what, uh, you know, you, what, what, what the musicians are, are doing in this day and age to better themselves on that front and the marketing aspect. And, uh, and of course, Gaia, who has been the PR mama for Blood of Indigo. She has been doing an incredible job for us in bringing us to the next level, setting us up with interviews, uh, being a number one fan, a number one advocate for us, and just, you know, um, also being the most easygoing PR person ever, (laughs) and uh, just giving us a chance to uh, grow and expand with our fan base. And You know, without any pressure, which is how we like to operate and get to the next level at the most effective pace. So um, I just want to give as much love and as big of a shout-out to uh, the best PR company out there right now. That is C-Squared Marketing. They are awesome. If you're an artist and you're looking to get yourself out there, you're looking to be the best in the world at what you do, C-Squared is the way to go. I'm telling you this as somebody who's working with them right now. Seed Squared, you guys are awesome. You guys have an amazing environment as well. You guys just all look like you're having a good time. You guys are all friends. You guys shout each other out. You guys give, uh, you know, lots of support to the bands you work with. So um, I just want to say thank you for everything that you do. That includes you, Holly. That includes Curtis. That includes Corey. That includes Gaia. That includes uh, Lindsay. And that includes the entire team. You guys are really incredible. So thank you for everything that you do.
0: Oh,
1: that's wonderful. That's so lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Got it on a presidential speech there, but I just, yeah, needed to, perfect. <laughs> I just needed to end things off on that note. So uh, thank you all for being here and thank you, Holly, for being my guest today. You were wonderful. And uh, this will be available for your viewing and listening pleasure at any port, any point in time that you choose to listen. It's going to be up on the Blood of Vinigo Instagram. I'm also going to send this over to you, Curtis, for once this is ready. And, uh, yeah, I hope that you guys all, uh, have a wonderful day. So Holly, thank you for being here and, uh, have a wonderful night. Cause I know that it's now nine yeah. 16 <laughs> and I've been keeping you away too long. So,
0: Oh, Oh, it's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Holly. So thank you so much. Just want to say, uh, thank you so much. You've been awesome. Yeah,
0: thank you. It's been wonderful
1: this feels like that point in time in a conversation when you're like six years old on the phone where you just don't want to hang up because you're having such a good time. So, um, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to end this year. Um, yeah. So Holly, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in everyone and have a wonderful day. I'll see you soon, Holly. Bye. Take care.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, Please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C
1: Squared.